Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Dear friends of the Voice of the Church, when I was in Brazil many years ago, I had visited uh, a, a small town on the coast in the northeast of Brazil. I had gone there with my wife, and one Saturday we went to a local market, a small town. This town was racked with poverty. This market, however, was alive with people who were purchasing fruits and vegetables and, and meat for the week that was to come. But this town was on the coast, so it had a beautiful beach. And so alongside the slum shanties were three-star hotels. They were catering to tourists who enjoyed the white sandy beaches. And therefore, the market not only had the necessary things for the regular people, but also material for tourists, souvenirs, clothing, trinkets, as I walked through the market to from one section to another, something locked onto my wrist like a handcuff. I looked down, and there was a skinny, dirty, long finger wrapped around my wrist. It was the hand of a beggar. And he was asking, Some money, please. I looked at the man. And I saw a broken, ruined human being. He was filthy. His eye was missing. And around the place where his eye should have been, flies were landing. He was dressed in rags. He was just a mess. And it was almost frightening to look at. This man was bold, this beggar. He had to be bold in order to survive. I gave him whatever money was in my pocket because I just felt so sorry for him. He wasn't afraid to demand money from anyone who passed by. That's what this man in our story was like. He was a survivor. He knew his need and he wasn't afraid to announce it. Luke begins this story by saying that Jesus was approaching Jericho. It is symbolic because Jericho is the historic gateway into the promised land. Much earlier on in the Bible, more than a thousand years before this event, Joshua had come to the promised land, leading Israel, having just escaped out of Egypt. Joshua sent spies into Jericho to discover its weaknesses, and then they crossed the Jordan River, the armies of Israel entered into the promised land and took the city of Jericho. Because Jericho fell, Israel could enter the promised land and liberate the land from the demons which had made this land their own. So now just as Joshua once had led Israel's host into the promised land, so Jesus, having crossed the Jordan, comes to Jericho leading a large crowd because Jesus too must conquer the land. In fact, he must not just set free this land. He must set free the whole world. 
And just as great battles awaited Joshua when he entered the promised land, so now great battles awaited Jesus, the greatest battle of all in the city of Jerusalem, the city of God. This was a matter that was clearly on Jesus' mind because earlier in the paragraph just before our story, Jesus had spoken about how he was going to Jerusalem in order to be betrayed and killed. And three days later, he would rise from the dead. That's what he told his disciples. People who heard him misunderstood and they were excited. They believed that Jesus was going to take the royal mantle and establish his great messianic kingdom. And in the next chapter in Luke 19, we can read about how Jesus entered into Jerusalem riding a donkey while the people cried, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But before Jesus could come to that point, before he would come to Jerusalem, he first must come through Jericho. As he approached the city, a blind man was there by the side of the road. When bad men rule, the people suffer. When Satan rules, men become beggars. If it is thus at the entry point to the promised land, what will it be like at the center? This is an ominous indication of what awaited Jesus. Satan's power is great, for the people suffer much. A terrible battle awaited Jesus if he wants to take this land away from Satan. The blind beggar hears that there's a crowd coming down the road. So he was asking people what was happening. Finally, someone gave him an answer. Perhaps he had to snap at someone's ankle to get their attention and to force the information from them. Jesus of Nazareth is passing by, he was told. Not many people knew Jesus of Nazareth. That is, not many knew what kind of king he'd be. But this beggar, blind though he was, he knew, he could see that, Jesus was the kind of king who would care for all his people, from the greatest to the least. None were too poor or too ugly to get his attention. In fact, the more fallen or broken, the more loved they would be by this king. That's the sort of king God was sending for his people. God delights especially to lift the fallen, to encourage those without hope, and to raise the dead. Think of how God famously speaks in his, to his prophet Isaiah. I dwell in the high and holy place, but also with him who is of a contrite and lowly spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. The king was coming for such a man as this, a broken man reduced to ruin but who cried out to him. Jesus, son of David, he cried, have mercy. The crowd had called him Jesus of Nazareth, but this blind beggar sees more in Jesus and calls him by his royal title, son of David, he said. It is those most desperate who dare to hope most boldly. Now the lowest in the land appeals to the highest. Have mercy, he cries. 
O my king, see my suffering. See what the enemy has done. See how the people suffer under his rule. But now as you have had compassion on the leper and cleansed him, as you had compassion on the grieving widow and raised her son, as you had compassion on the woman with a blood disease and healed her, as you had compassion on the man whose son was demon-possessed and expelled that demon, so have mercy now on me. People did not know Jesus. They didn't know that he loved to be known as the helper of the helpless, the eyes to the blind. They thought that a king belongs with the great. Leaders belong with the strong. The wise belong with the intelligent. And Jesus belongs with us. And so they rebuked the blind beggar. Shut up! Silence! Your pain is of no concern to him. He's the king. He's important. But you are nothing, so be silent. Perhaps you remember somebody else doing just about the very same thing a little earlier on in the story of Luke. The disciples were shooing away the parents who brought their infants to Jesus to have Jesus touch them. It's the same thing. Just like the disciples wanted to shoo those parents away, so also the crowd wanted to shoo the beggar away. Jesus is too important for people like this, they thought. This is important to Luke because it's a problem for God's people They want to walk past the poor. They want to ignore those who really suffer. They think Jesus is too important for them. Do not think of yourself more than you ought, and do not think less of others than you should. With God, none are too insignificant for his care and attention. When you cry out to him as the great Lord and the only Savior, he will always hear you. He will seek you out, And he will take care of you. For his pledge to you is this, that he loves you. He cares about you. He is so in love with you that he will not just cross the ocean to come near you or take a star down from heaven as a gift to you. Why, he crosses the distance from heaven to earth to be near you. And he brings heaven down as a gift to give to you. He delights in you because he's not afraid to associate with people of a low position. The man, the beggar, he called louder, Jesus, son of David, have mercy. And so Jesus stopped. He commanded the man be brought to him. Perhaps he's not only blind, but lame too. When he came near, then Jesus asked, what do you want me to do for you? Now, does Jesus really need to ask that question? Can't he see what the man wants Jesus to do for him? But you see, it's not enough to be bold. You need to boldly believe in Jesus. But you also need more. You need to be honest about yourself. You need to tell him what you need. And humbly ask the king for his mercy to give it. If Jesus asked you, what do you want me to do for you? what would your answer be? Few would come to Jesus as this beggar, totally dependent on the king's mercy. But that's what you must do. If you want a relationship with him, that's what you must do. You must come to Jesus like a beggar. You've got nothing to offer. You're in no position to bargain with him. And really, 
You need everything. You don't need just a little. You need everything. So go to him and say, Lord, I want to live. The beggar says, Lord, I want to see. Just hearing that is beautiful. Jesus replied, receive your sight. And the king gave the gift of sight to the blind. Yes, Lord. Oh, my king, I I want to live. Just tell him that. It's your only hope. Thank you for listening.